A draw is better than a loss. I am the champ. Oh my gosh. No, no, no. <laughs> no I, <didn't. laughs> I, I believe that is the quadruple. Aaron Rodgers is phenomenal. Come on, Jared Goff. Come on. Any trade that involves you getting Drew Locke, you probably lost. Well, I guess everyone knew more than I did. The amount of times that you have been on stage with less than reputable clothing. Yes, indeed. We have no shit. Enough said on that. I can neither confirm or deny. Shout out to um, Raccoon Red. Clearly, I have a lot of opinions about this. Hello and welcome to another episode of Improper Football. My name is Mark. And I am Biz. And I'm back, baby. I'm back. Uh, <laughs> uh, a win is a win is a win. Oh, 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 so Let's you're not talking this. about being here or not. It's like you actually have won a game for the season is what you're, you're touting. Wow, it's already started. Yes, I have. Yes, The I comeback have. starts now. The is comeback starts now. I'm still the reigning defending champ. So, you know, don't count me out yet. Don't count me out yet. Oh, you know, I'm going to live vicariously through you and your one impressive win. How about that? <laughs> well, thanks. I appreciate that. But we got lots to talk about this week. We have a lot to talk about this week. And if any of our listeners want to chime in and what we're talking about this week, give us a contact on our social media. Our Instagram is Improper Fantasy Football. Our Twitter is at Improper Fantasy. And we always appreciate you sending us emails at ImproperFantasyPodcast at gmail.com. But we are officially a little more than a quarter out of the beginning of the season. We don't Indeed. have quite as even as like four games as a quarter because now we're in this world where 18 weeks, uh, 17 games type of thing. So we wanted to have a decent sample size. Uh, we want to talk a little bit about how players have been doing so far this week. We've got a lot of news from this past week. And of course, we have all the big quarterback hits and calls that have been going on. Lots of games, but... absolutely. Yeah. Why don't we just jump right into it, Biz? Um, for all of our listeners out there, we have, you know, a little bit of surprises as far as how players have been doing this season. But as far as the top performing fantasy players for the quarter season, I don't think that there are any surprises so far this season. Uh, if you, Biz, at the beginning of the season were to say quarter of the way through the season, who was going to have the most amount of fantasy points? Who would you have guessed? I, w I would have. I would have guessed. Probably actually Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen or Justin Herbert. <laughs> and, you know, th there's no surprise there who is top. Those three that you mentioned, Allen, Mahomes, and Herbert, are all top eight quarterbacks right now. But the very top right now is Josh Allen. The Bills have been dominating at this point of the season. They are four and one. Only blemish they have is to the Dolphins, and they've gone out and they beat Lamar Jackson and the Bills recently. Josh Allen has got 1,651 yards, 14 uh, passing touchdowns, only four picks, 225 yards on the ground and two touchdowns, leads our league with 173.5 points. If you have Josh Allen on our team, he has been dominating for you. Well, unfortunately, that's improper. Mark has uh, Josh Allen. That so, uh, so, yeah, I, indeed. I, I actually tried to... Um, uh, get him to maybe trade Josh Allen, but um, that's actually my goal. My goal for this year is to get Improper Mark to actually do a trade with someone for anyone. It could be anyone, Ceh, perhaps. I was about because... to say you're going to have to find Ceh <laughs> to see if he can trade him away from him. Uh, that would be Roger, who's got Ceh. Oh well, there you go, there you go, Mark. Yep. Trade with Roger because here's the thing. Delving away from this, uh, we had a chat this week about. He is naturally suspicious. He's almost like those people that are just suspicious of like government. Everything. He, he's, yeah, he's like that. He, he never thinks a trade can benefit him. He's, he actually said, and I quote, 
I feel all trades are self-serving. So he doesn't believe that any trade has any interest for him. So I'm kind of like, I, I really want him to get, get to do a trade, but he won't because I feel that any, naturally, as soon as he gets a trade, he thinks, what's in it for the other person as opposed to what's in it for him. Nobody's going to do a trade that says, how can I best help Biz this week? Let me give him this guy. <laughs> what I'm going to, what a trade should be is I have this need. I have this player I don't need. Let me see what I can get for him. We'll have the negotiations and figure out how we can meet in the middle somewhere. That's how every single trade works. Improper mark, I'm sorry, I'm not thinking about your best interest as far as a trade is concerned, but I want to make the trade as tempting as possible so that you look at it and say, you know what, I can benefit from this. And I you know what, feel Mark? benefited enough from that to be able to give the player the player once. Mark, just putting it out there, would you, would you accept uh, a trade, Josh Allen for Austin Eckler and Nick Chubb? <laughs> that, that is completely fair. To be honest... I would be getting a I would be getting a worse deal out of that than you than, definitely uh, would than, be getting a worse deal. It, out of yeah, that. exactly. So markets out there. Not that I would necessarily do it. In fact, I won't do it. But just wondering if he would say yes to that trade. I'll throw in so, Josh Jacobs as well. So just to throw in all of that, um, interesting enough that you bring those three up. Uh, moving over to the top performing running backs in our league this year. Uh, Biz actually has three of the top four performing running backs. Austin Eckler <gasps> at the very no. top. Me, me, humble me. I have three of the top four performing running backs. No, surely not. So uh, Austin Eckler is the top performing running back in our league. We do have a PPR league. Uh, he has a total of 527 yards from scrimmage and five touchdowns, but also tack onto that 31 receptions that you get points for in our league. Uh, he is leading Nick Chubb by about three and a half points. And then shortly behind that, the fourth performing running back is Josh Jacob. Biz has three of those four. Uh, only <laughs> other player that's in that scrum is Saquon Barkley, whom I have. I'm just going to go out there and say it. Uh, running backs, again, not really a surprise uh, if you felt that Barkley was going to bounce back or Josh Jacobs was actually going to have something. But I don't think anybody would suspect that Eckler or Chubb wouldn't be in the scrum here. Yeah, I, I think um, it's interesting with Austin Eckler because the first two two weeks, he was awful. He just wasn't mm -hmm. involved. And, and clearly, I think the Chargers made a move. He's, he's one of their best players. So apart from Justin Herbert, he probably is on the offensive side of the ball anyway. So get him involved. And literally, he's got all of his points and yards in the last two games. He's just gone off. <laughs> um, because if you take the first, maybe even the first three games, he just wasn't very good at all. Um, Nick Chubb, there's not much you can say about him. I mean, no, he's just solid. I, he's just solid. Yeah, that's all it is. He's just solid. Josh Jacobs, again, first three games didn't do much. I had him. I didn't play him. The full admission, this last week was the first time I actually put him in my starting lineup because I had Antonio Gibson and I played him the first week. Antonio Gibson actually had a good game the first week of the season. Um, but Josh Jacobs, I didn't play him. Not this last week, but the two weeks ago, he went off. And I thought, you know what, it's, it's time to play him. So again, he's got a large chunk of his yardage and points over the last two weeks. So I just hope all three of them can keep it up because um, that'll, be, that'll be great for me moving forward. Nobody's going to be shocked that the most points to a wide receiver this year, the best performing fantasy wide receiver is Cooper Cup, who just seems to have the ball forced his win every single game. Through five games, he already has 49 receptions for 527 yards and four touchdowns on pace for a 2,000-yard season, possibly. Um, eh, maybe a little bit less than that, but I wouldn't be shocked. 
if he ended up with that. Also has two carries for 24 yards and a touchdown. He's clearly Matt Stafford's only target that he trusts on a consistent basis. Maybe uh, Tyler Higbee is going to be in that range. I've been sitting looking at Allen Robinson on my bench and realizing he's never going to get any throws. Allen, uh, Matt Stafford doesn't really look at anybody else. Yeah, but you know what? When you're forcing the points to one player, that player is going to succeed. Well, again, it's 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 there. It's like a blessing and a curse. I mean, it's it's a blessing for people that have Cooper Cup on their fantasy team because you're right. He's on pace for another record-setting year. But mm-hmm. to me, it's the downfall of the Rams and their team and why they've had a really poor start to the season because defences plan for that. They know that Matt Stafford doesn't look anywhere. I think people forget Alan Robinson is a top-class receiver. He's had some really, Wait. really good years in Chicago. Um, and, and it just seems odd. Um, and I think they need to sort that out because I don't, I, don't, I don't see it getting any better. But obviously, you know that Cooper Cup there's no surprise there that he's the he's the league leader so far as a receiver. And the top performing tight end, again, to nobody's shock and surprise, <laughs> is going to be Travis Kelsey, who put on one for the ages just a couple of nights ago yeah. on Monday Night Football. Travis Kelsey, total for the season so far is 347 yards and seven touchdowns. Seven touchdowns through five games. That means he's on pace for potentially 25 26 touchdowns on the season. Uh, he's not going to get that far, but I wouldn't be shocked if he pro- approached 20 by the end of the year. Four touchdowns on Monday Night Football. This, this man just does it better than everybody else. Yeah, I agree. I, I, you know, I hate to be a prisoner at the moment, but I, I do think when all is said and done, he may well go down in history as the greatest tight end he's ever played. I mean, he is, he's just phenomenal. There's not, there's not much more you can say about him, but I, I almost think he's got to a point where He's almost surpassed Gronk. He's just, you know, he's Patrick Mahomes' favourite target. And as long mm. as those two play together, which I'm sure they will, because why would you want to, you know, get, get rid of, of, of either of them? They're going to be there for the long haul. And yeah, you could, as you say, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if Travis Kelsey gets close to 20 touchdowns simply because Tyreek Hill isn't there anymore. And he's, he's Patrick Mahomes' security blanket. So, yeah. Yeah, so those are our fantasy individual player leaders for the year so far. Uh, Biz, you were tasked with determining who were the biggest surprises we've seen. None of these players that I mentioned so far are really surprises, but who have you been shocked or or startled at, like, who has started off so well? The first person I'm going to bring up, which I'm sure my Steam co-host will be very, very happy to, uh, to, to hear this, but is none other than Geno Smith. I mean, I, he... For me, he is the most surprising player this year in the NFL. Um, as we speak, he is currently the sixth-ranked quarterback. We're, our league is ESPN, PPR. Yeah. He is currently the sixth-ranked quarterback. I mean, I wonder what odds you would have had on that if you were a betting man. You, you could have a lot of money after week five, say Geno Smith would be ranked sixth he is yeah if you're playing prop bets geno smith is the guy to play him on well interestingly before the season we weren't even sure if he was going to be the starter i mean you you thought it was going to be drew lock he has been he's been nothing short of a revelation he's got 111.9 points so far he's averaging 22.38 points a game which is excellent i mean I, i i picked him up off our waiver wire last week and i i didn't play him i played none other than my favorite quarterback Jared Goff, who had an amazing game against the Patriots too. But yeah, um, your thoughts? 
Uh, Geno Smith has been doing everything that you want from a quarterback that's coming in in a transition period for a team. He's He hasn't turned the ball over. 1,305 yards, nine touchdowns, two interceptions. Got 77 yards rushing and one on the ground as well. Uh, he leads the league in passer rating, if I if I recall correctly. Maybe that was from last week, but he he led the he was leading the league in completion percentage as well. Uh, no, he leads the league in passer rating still. So, wow. does that equate to wins right now? No, because the court, the Seahawks don't have uh, a great defense. But Geno Smith, from a fantasy perspective, ha- has been stellar. Yeah, and I, but I I will say. Um, it hasn't equated to wins, but I think mm. you were very down on the Seahawks this year. I mean, you, I'm you relatively you, down on them, overall right? But, from you, the team. You but like, he is not the reason. True, but he has kept them in pretty much every game. Yeah. Even last week against the Saints, we saw what he did against Denver. He those he has gorgeous them... passes to Tyler Lockett right. last week. Beautiful, I, I beautiful passes. He just I I don't know what's happened to him, but but he just looks like a transformed individual and. I guess my, um, you know, you've got to give credit to Pete Carroll and the coaching staff there. I mean, he he just looks confident. I am going to, I am going to, I mean, this this seems so ironic given the week that they've had, but I am going to give a, a sort of shout out to Jared Goff too, because currently he is, he is currently in the top 10. He's currently ranked ninth and he had basically zero points last week. We all know what the Lions did. They got blanked by the Patriots. Even if you take last week into account, he's still ranked number nine and he's averaging 21.3 points a game. He's, he's totaled 106.5 points. A bit like the Seahawks, the Lions <laughs> prior to last week were competitive. But he, even if you take last week's into account, he's still ranked number nine. So I am going to give a bit of a, a, a props to Jared Goff because he has kept them in a lot of games so far. But for me... I, I stupidly made a trade with him, with someone in our league. And I think I might have got the worst out of that deal. But we can chat about that later. We'll talk about them a little bit. Indeed. So, what, what, you know, what about your, uh, your, your thoughts on Jared Goff? Uh, Jared Goff has been overperforming so far to start the season. But at the same time, part of that is because the Lions have been in come-from-behind situations to start the season. And they have been... Also missing DeAndre Swift for a couple of games here and there. So they've been leaning more on having to throw, having yeah. to throw. Uh, and a lot of his yards he's getting is as a result of how good Amon Ross and Brown and TJ Hawkinson have been. Yeah. Uh, but you can't take anything away from the production he's given so far. He had that great game against Seattle a couple of weeks ago where he had almost 400 yards passing, four touchdowns. There's a reason he went number one overall in the draft uh, in, in, in the 2000. 16 NFL draft. He, he's capable. He can play. He can, he's he capable. Can, he definitely can play. And, and he's done well for the first time of the season, but I think I'll hold off on my entire comments of that until we get to talk about some of our some of the league traits and things like that. Yeah. So with running backs, um, this is really tricky for me because in some ways they're not a surprise, but they are a massive surprise to me anyway. And there's two, and that's the two running backs that we often debated a lot during the summer and the off-season about whether we should take them, whether we won't, and yeah. we certainly were going to steer clear of them. Saquon Barkley and Christian McCaffrey. I mean, Saquon Barkley has been fantastic to start the year. Dollar. Um, he's, he's certainly been, he's looking fit and healthy. He's currently ranked number three. You brought him up earlier. T- to me, in a, in a vacuum, he's not really a surprise because he was ranked very high on a lot of balls. For me, it's just the injury and health question surrounding him. If he stays fit, we all know what he can do. He's just been brilliant. He's averaged 20, 20.5 points a game, 102.6 points overall. 
he's been great. Christian McCaffrey, again, another one with injury issues or injury questions surrounding him. He's he's in the top six so far, again, with not a great team. He's averaged 18.4 points a game. So both of them, to me, kind of surprises, but they're not. So I mean, it is surprising for me that Christian McCaffrey is so high, given how anemic the Panthers' offense is and how consistently, when you see commentators and analysts and just watching their games, you're like, why don't they give the ball to McCaffrey more? He's touched the ball overall in receptions and carries for 98 yeah. attempts this season. Yeah. But it just doesn't seem like he's there at all because the amount of time that you're focusing on them is how inept their passing game is unless it's heading his way. There are rumors that have been started the past couple of days about potentially the Bills potentially trading for Christian McCaffrey now that it looks like potentially the Panthers are going to do a tire sale uh, on the rest of their... Right. So, it, it just, I, I don't know how much credit or how much, like, how true or real any of those are. Like, honestly, it's just speculation. Like, why wouldn't the best team go after the best available player on a, on a you know, on a selling team? I, I, I think, honestly, they would probably be more likely to hold on to their best piece unless they're just saying tear the whole thing down. But Sure. Yeah. Chris McCaffrey been certainly overproducing from what we both have believed. Well, yeah, absolutely. And, and I guess, again, with Carolina, it's just everything runs through him. So yeah. even when they're bad, they're going to run everything through him. So there's two others running backs to me that are surprises, even though, again, you were bullish on them going in. And that's Brees Hall and Damian Pierce for mm-hmm. the Jets and uh, the Texans, respectively. They're currently ranked eighth and ninth. Brees Hall, you said, I mean, he was going to be their first choice running back. And the Jets have obviously surprised a lot of people. They're three and two. And he's averaged 15.76 points a game, 78.8 points in total. Yeah, that's great. You know, it, that, that's great. I mean, for a running back. Damian Pierce, again, for a bad team, you mentioned he was going to be their first choice running back. And they've and again, been running it through him. They've been right. He had a very good game last week, too. Um, again, averaging 15.5 points a game, 77.9. So if, if you have either of those teams, I know Improper Mark has uh, Damian Pierce. It was a really good pickup. So they're, they're two that have certainly been surprises for me so far. I'm just going to throw one more name in there for you Khalil Herbert. Uh, stepping yeah. in for Dave Montgomery in those couple of games that uh, happened a few weeks ago. Dave Montgomery came back and looked pretty good when he came back. But uh, Khalil Herbert has certainly created a lot of noise in the time that he got to play, saying, hey, this guy be- belongs as a starter in the league, and we'll see what happens with that, too. Going to wide receivers, honestly, there aren't that many surprises for me. When you look at the uh, all the names at the top of the list, I don't think there's massive surprises anywhere. You've got Cooper Cup, St- uh, Stephon Diggs, Justin Jefferson, Tyreek Hill, Devontae Adams. I don't think anyone's surprised that they're going to be up or near the top. That said, there is there is one name that springs to mind. Currently, again, and you will quite like this, Tyler Lockett is currently ranked eighth. Um, he's the eighth leading wide receiver so far. And before we talked about this, in terms of draft, I actually mentioned that I thought one of the two, DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, would actually have a really good season. Tyler Lockett is having a very good season so far. He's scored 80.6 points. He's averaging 16.12 points a game. I don't think anyone would have thought that coming out of the kind of question marks surrounding the quarterback situation. But given that Geno Smith looks solid at quarterback, Tyler Lockett certainly looks like a very, very good pickup. So he's really my one surprise at the wide, at the wide receiver position. So another name that's near the top is Armand Ra St. Brown. I mean, he's averaging 18.9 points a game. He scored 75.9 points. So 
they're two names that there's not a lot of surprises in the wide receiver position so far, um, but they're two names that spring to mind. Chris Olave is also having a pretty decent season. I believe he's in the top 20. He's averaging almost 15 points a game. So they're three, you know, Tyler Lockett for me is a big name. And don't discredit DK Metcalf there either. DK is in the top 24 total receivers. A lot of people had Tyler and DK in the high 30s, like close to 40 as far as like wide receiver rankings for drafting. Both of them have been overproducing. And Jalen Waddell and Tyreek Hill both being top eight receivers right now. Uh, they, they, they've both been succeeding extremely well based off of the success that the other one is doing like do you cover Jalen and then Tyreek goes over the top or do you do cover two up at the very top of it and then you leave Jalen Waddle open on the mm. bottom yeah I, I I kind of I was thinking of bringing Jalen Waddle up but again he had a great season last year and I'm and I'm not sure it's that much of a surprise but um, both of them succeeding is both of them doing well yes yeah so going into the tight end position there really isn't there isn't anyone. The, the one name I would bring up is actually uh, David Njoku, who is currently ranked eighth. You know, we all know the question marks around in the quarterback position. Deshaun Watson's gone for most of the season. Jacoby Brissett has taken over. He's he's averaging 11 points per game. And I think, I don't think anyone would have expected that given the question marks surrounding the quarterback position. You've got all the, you know, the, the household names at the top, Travis Kelsey, Mark Andrews, Zach Ertz, TJ Hawkinson. TJ Hawkinson, obviously had a game for the ages a couple of weeks ago. Dallas yeah. Goddard. Um, Most top, of his so, points came in that one game, though. Came in that one game. So there aren't really many surprises. David Njoku is, is really the one name that I would say kind of springs to mind um, there. Uh, but really tight ends, he's, he's really the only one. I would agree with that. Uh, te- technically, they throw Taysom Hill on this list as a tight end, even though he's, he, his position should just be football player. Yeah, <laughs> yes, exactly. I know because I saw that there. I mean, it's you know if you have him and you can start him wherever in a number of variety of different positions, it's it's great. But um, but I did have some kind of surprising sort of disappointments. Okay, just on a team level, obviously the Rams they've had a disappointing start to the season at two and three. They just don't seem to have the same identity. They're obviously suffering from a bit of a Super Bowl hangover. Um, and I think also your old quarterback, Russell Wilson, has just been, dare I say, anemic uh, to begin the season. And I, th- I think it is almost at that, he's almost at the threshold. It's, it's kind of like, yes, he's got a new team, new system, give him time. But he is 32, 33, I believe now, which isn't old for a quarterback by any stretch of the imagination. And, and someone as good as Russell Wilson really should be at the peak of his powers. But he, is, he has been the biggest disappointment, I would say, in terms of a fantasy standpoint so far. He's been just really poor. I, I would agree with that. And uh, it, we're now a quarter of the way season through. And it's one of those things that's like, okay, we're now through the part of the season. I'm, I'm willing to start believing that who you are from this point forward or who you're showing at this part forward is who you actually are since all the teams have now had time to gel. Part of it is Nathaniel Hackett been making pretty poor decisions as far as how to be able to manage the team. But also, a lot of this is Russ continuing to play the way that Russ did in Seattle, and the Denver Broncos offense is not really set up to be able to do that. 
He sure. doesn't have anybody like Lockett or like Baldwin was or like DK was, where all of them have Russell Wilson living in their heads and mm. they can predict where each other is going. Russ, at the end of last year, had one of his best stretches that he's had in the past five years when he came back from his, from injury. So I, I'm unwilling to say at this point that I think that he's on the serious decline. I question his decision-making ability at the start of this year so far, and that's only going to continue to be a question until that gets fixed. Yeah. If you yeah, have Russell Wilson on your team, I'm starting to see him getting dropped in some of the leagues that I've been in. I actually believe in our league he may have already yeah, he been was, dropped. he was dropped. He was dropped. Yeah. Yep. So yeah. It, maybe he's somebody that you pick up for later in the season or something yeah. like that, or maybe he's somebody yeah. just stay stare clear of until they can prove that they've got an offense. Um, yeah. If you're in a keeper no, league, maybe Russ is good, but I don't know. No, I mean, I, I, I agree. I'm, I'm willing to give someone that good who has his pedigree and his history the benefit of the doubt and say, yeah. look, give him time. You know, they're in it for the long haul now. So another major disappointment for me is the Raiders, one and four. All of them. Um, All of them. <laughs> yeah. Except for Josh Jacobs. New coach, new, obviously, Devontae Adams. But he's still got his i mean he's been productive but again i think some decisions which we'll get into later one and four that they're, they're pretty much out obviously of the division race you know already although that that division sure if i'd be willing poorer. to agree with that yeah the whole division yeah. is underperformed the chargers have yeah. not looked good the yeah. broncos have not look good look good like just no. the chiefs have really no. been there but exactly. it's still wide and, open uh, uh, correct um but i think the flip side is obviously you know, surprising teams, the Jets, certainly, I don't think anyone would have thought they'd been three and two. And you That's know, the New said, York team you want to mention? No, let me get to them. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, to be honest, they are, they are more surprising to me than the Giants. But because I think out of the two, I think even at the start on, on a blank canvas on paper, I think that you'd certainly say the Giants have more to than the Jets. And I think the, the the Jets have surprised so many people. They've been competitive in, in all the games. They're three and two. A lot of people said give Robert Salah some time to get his philosophy going. They've got some peace. Obviously, we just talked about Brees Hall. You know, I, I, I'm, I'm not willing to go that, you know, are they going to get in the playoffs or something? But they're competitive and they have a winning record. So kudos yeah. to them. And the other New York team, obviously, four and one, the New York Giants um, just came off a, a brilliant Better than London. the Packers. Better than, the Packers. better than the Packers. Yeah, four and one. Um, a lot of people saying, you know, Brian Dable's had a good start to career. Saquon Barkley obviously coming back from injury. That's always a massive help when you have a world class running back come back. It's it, it's like signing a new player. And when you when he looks as good as he has done, you know the recipe the recipe is there. And I am as so loath to bring them up as well. Another. NFC least team, you know, the uh, America's team, four and one. I don't think anyone would have thought after Dak went down that the Cowboys would be four and one. Cooper Rush is yeah. undefeated. Dallas are undefeated since that happened. Quarterback so, controversy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, you know what? <laughs> if it carries on this way, you never know. But You never know. Yeah. So there are my surprises for the quarter or five game season, whatever you want to call it. And if there's anybody out there who disagrees with any of our uh... – our surprises that we talked about, if there's somebody that you think, hey, you just missed talking about this person, go ahead and send us a, uh, a tweet over at our Twitter, uh, which is at Improper Fantasy. Just briefly going through who the week five stat leaders were. We, we talked at length about quarter season so far, so we don't really have to get into a long conversation about how players produced this past week. 
Uh, but it's a lot of the names that you recognize. Josh Allen had one for the ages for himself, 424 yards, four touchdowns, one pick. His wide receiver, Gabriel Davis, with 171 yards and two touchdowns, was the wide receiver leader for the week. Austin Eckler finally getting things going in a huge way, 173 yards plus one touchdown. Um, I Going to Sunday night, my, my tight end for the week, as far as yards was concerned, was Dallas Goddard with 95 yards. Travis Kelsey, though, four touchdowns on Monday night football is clearly the winner for the week from that. No shocks. Uh, Gabriel Davis is finally a Gabe Davis sighting. I know improper Mark mm-hmm. left him on the bench. But yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm, happy, I'm, I'm happy to say that two, two of the stat leaders are on my team. So um, yeah, but Travis Kelsey, obviously four touchdowns. What more can you say? Phenomenal. Uh, yeah. Our big surprises, Geno Smith. We've talked about him at length. He had 320 yards passing and two touchdowns. Taysom Hill, like he was the running back <laughs> surprise from the week because he had 112 yards on the ground and three to- three touchdowns plus another passing touchdown on top of that. Yeah. Uh, but the big shock name, uh, Diami Brown, a draft pick for the Washington Commanders last year, not this year, with 105 receiving yards and two touchdowns. I know that a lot of our colleagues in D.C. brought <laughs> him up a lot last year. Uh, Diami Brown finally going to show something. Yeah, no, absolutely. I just feel with the commies, as you say, is just so hard to pick any of them. You just don't know yeah. what they're going to do on a weekly basis. Just be more bust. Um, I mean, true. Although did... Jahan Dotson's looked really good this year. Yeah, he, he has. He has looked good. He has looked good. Geno Smith. I'm almost. I'm almost loath to say, but I, I don't know so far whether it, it is actually a surprise him being in the kind of highest stat leaders. Because yeah, like I said, I mean, he's he's had a brilliant start to the season. So I think going I mean, forward, surprising. he's no longer a surprise. I agree. I mean, I, I yeah, uh, it's. I think uh, Russell Wilson would be a surprise at this point. That's true. You're right. So we have a couple of things to talk about with our league, the Improper Fantasy Football League. Indeed. Uh, Biz, do you have anything that you want to announce? <laughs> uh, I'm finally back on track after a, what seems like an 11 game losing streak, but <laughs> finally I got a win against our erstwhile friend Roger who I honestly thought I was going to lose to because he actually has a good Well, Rodgers have been doing really well this season. He has so been far. doing really well. So I got, I, got, I got one up on him. I was the highest score in our league last weekend. I believe I had 106, uh, 156 points. Um, That's a really, and, really good, solid point. Yeah. Um, I, I just, um, you know, you mentioned, I, I realized this year I'm just going to win through my running backs. And I, I'm sort of boom or bust through my running backs because... I have question marks at the quarterback position. I, I waited too long to draft quarterback, and I picked Trevor Lawrence, who's just been okay. But uh, and then I traded with you. Um, we'll get into that a bit Talk later. Up, yeah. Um, yes, I mean I had a great win despite Jared Goff absolutely sticking up the joint, getting five points in a blank loss to the New England Patriots. But thankfully, I had Austin Eckler, Nick Chubb, and Josh Jacobs, who all went off. I, have Dal- I had Dallas Goddard, who's been one of the top tight ends so far. And I had Josh Reynolds last week, um, who actually, in that loss, had a good game. So He's really, I've got, I've got three great running backs, a great tight end, but I have question marks over the quarterback position. But I believe my kind of jack-in-the-box is going to be Geno Smith, who I... Picked up off the waiver wire last week, and I am, I am thinking, oh, I think he's just going to be my starter moving forward and I'm just going to see what happens and if I can get a decent wide receiver 
Um, you know, Keenan Allen, obviously, he's just been injured the last few weeks. Hopefully he can come back. Michael Thomas has been out for a couple of games. Uh, so I haven't been able to play my first choice wide receivers for a few weeks. So, But yeah. I'm back on track. I'm two and three. I'm mid-table in our league. Hopefully I can get another win next week. So we'll, we'll see. Mark, how did you do? I'm on the other side of the spectrum. Uh, I had the absolute lowest amount of points in our league following a dismal performance by Hunter Renfro, a <laughs> blank of a showing by Logan Thomas. I'm not even sure if he played. He may have been had re-aggravated that injury. Najee hey. Harris has been a complete disappointment for me so far this season. And, and, and I'm not shocked because the entire team has been doing poorly, so they've been stacking the box against them. Uh, I had a... Uh, ultimately, the only player on my team who performed to his level was Saquon Barkley, who just did a phenomenal job last week carrying yes. the Giants to their win. I'm going to have to make some moves over the next couple of weeks. Um, but I was also playing against Ned, who's the, the dominant team in our league. And rather than tell you about how poorly my team is, I, I want to take a second to be able to talk about Ned's team, who I think is probably put together and manufactured as good as a team in our league can be. Starting running backs are Dalvin Cook and J.K. Dobbins with also Ramondre Stevenson, who's going to be taking over for an injured da uh, Damian Harris for the next foreseeable weeks or so. Lamar oh. Jackson is his quarterback. Wide receivers, on paper, they don't sound like, oh gosh, these are amazing, but they've both been solid in Michael solid. Jr. Yeah. and Amon Ross St. Brown. Man's got Travis Kelsey as his tight end, too, and last week just dominated. The Bills defense, one of the top two defenses scoring in our league. On the bench, it does look like he's going to have a little bit of struggles down the line. He's got DeAndre Hopkins sure. on his bench, and after this week, he will be off of his suspension and ready to play. So I wouldn't be shocked if the Cardinals start picking up their offensive firepower in the weeks to come. In his IR, Ned also has Tua Tonga-Vailoa as a backup to Lamar Jackson. And <laughs> depending on how you feel each of those offenses are doing... You're probably going to start Lamar while you try to figure out if Tua's got everything together. But there was a stretch at the beginning of the season where Tua was just a better play. So uh, uh, good on you, Ned. This is a great team to start the season. It's a great team to start the season. You're right. He doesn't have many weaknesses there. Uh, just obviously, solid. having two, two. Yeah, it's a solid team. Obviously, the, you know, the, the big thing for him is DeAndre Hopkins coming back. I mean, that's just like, you know, drafting a top class wide receiver so in the middle of um, the season in the so, middle yeah. of the season and so you have that as a flex play or as obviously a starting wide receiver i think it's going to help arizona moving forward um yeah so it's a very solid team i will i will say that i do remember this happened last year though um with ned how he he started on a tear last year and i think he was again five six seven and oh and then kind of things started to unravel a little bit so you know there's still time for all of us it's a solid team. He's 5-0, and undefeated, and obviously looks like the team to beat in our league. But yeah, yeah I, I mean, your, your team needs, uh, needs, a lot of needs work. maybe some, a lot of work. A lot of work. But you do have Brian Robinson, too, come back, and Corey Davis yeah, the, as well. There are a couple of things that I'm hoping develop as the season goes on, but I don't have the luxury of just, like, hoping for a couple more weeks. They need to get going now. I am 1-4. I'm doing better in a couple of my other leagues. Uh, uh, this league is certainly the worst performing one that I've got. But remember, this is Keeper League. It's it's also got a long-term vision behind it. And I certainly have some long-term things going on this, this team. George Pickens and Kenny Pickett, they're going to be my MVPs for the 2025 season. There you go. And I will say, <laughs> and I forgot to bring his name up during my surprise, but Najee Harris has been a disappointment. And that was your, first overall. Yeah. That was your first overall pick. And... I think it's it speaks to a wider problem that the Steelers have just 
that they, they, they have a season in transition this year. I mean, I yeah. I pick them to get in the playoffs, but that they they have a lot of issues, and I think this is a rebuild year for them, or just figuring out their identity. But Najee Harris, I mean, you took him with your first pick, and he's been a major disappointment. So Absolutely. there's still time to write the ship, but yeah. Uh, so we've been hinting at this trade that happened uh, between you and I uh, about a week or so ago. Uh, Biz uh, looking to improve at quarterback, uh, me looking to improve at wide receiver. I had Jared Goff on my bench. I just put in a claim for Kenny Pickett, and I have Justin Herbert. I'm looking at Jared Goff. I'm like, yeah, he's, he's doing well, but Biz is asking for Jared Goff in text messages. He's like, what do you want for him? And ultimately, I, I was trying to see if I could either get Antonio Gibson, uh, who honestly I was less excited about getting, or Corey Davis, and Biz jumped at the idea of getting Corey Davis. I need some help at wide receiver. Uh, Zach Wilson's coming back from uh, his injury, and I think that Corey Davis has got some upside for the rest of the year. And I'm not going to lie, Biz, I, I, I really think that I got one over on you for this one, because I, I'm looking at the Detroit Lions as being that beginning of the season darling that is overperforming. And I think as teams have figured out what they need to do, I think that uh, Jared Goff is going to taper down the rest of the season. You know what? I, I agree. Um, I think we talked about these uh, trading. It's almost desperation. You know, I, mm -hmm. it's the one area. Well, no, I have two areas of weakness in my team, wide receiver and quarterback. And obviously quarterback is arguably the most important You've got position. Geno Smith. What are you talking about weakness? I do, but I picked <laughs> him up the same week of the trade. And so... Yeah. I, I literally had just picked up... I had Trevor Lawrence as my starting quarterback, who's been there, eh, blah. I picked up Geno Smith, and then I thought, well, I may need some more insurance. Jared Goff had just come off that stellar game against Seattle. And I, I agree with you. I think you got a much better deal. I think you got one over on me. I should have kept Corey Davis, or I should have tried to get rid of Antonio Gibson um, instead. Having said yeah, that, notice how after I didn't get Gibson, I picked up Brian Robinson off of way the, the free agency. Right, right. Um, and so, you know, sometimes you win some, you lose some, and, and you you have to make those moves. I will say, I mean, Antonio Gibson, I wasn't really going to start him. And to be honest with Corey Davis, I probably wasn't going to start him either. If probably my not. Two wide, if my two wide receivers are fit and healthy. So I picked up Josh Reynolds over on the waiver wire. And he's almost my sort of third wide receiver yeah. flex play. And he, he actually had a good game last week. So I agree with that. Having said that with Antonio Gibson, I just made a trade with our friend Justin, who, you know, it has been accepted, traded for Amari Cooper in exchange for Antonio Gibson. Uh, Amari I Cooper's don't know. A good... He has, and, and I think you're going to get one over on Justin in that one. Uh, we'll just see. We'll, do, we'll just see. I mean, again, Amari Cooper's had a good start to the season. Antonio Gibson started off the first game, I believe he had 20, 20 points, and I was like, yep, yeah, you know, starting running back. But he's just fallen off. And, and you're right, Brian Robinson, who we'll talk about a bit later, he's probably going to be their first choice. Uh, yeah. So, you know, I, I've had to make moves this year because my team just isn't that good. And I, as I mentioned, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to win or die by my running backs play. And if I can get Amari Cooper, who has had a good start, to the season i have some options there we have a few injuries in the nfl this past week we don't have a lot of time to be able to get into all of them rashad penny out for the year with an ankle injury it's now time for kenneth walker the third to take that step that we all thought he was going to take uh when he got drafted by us mid-season elevation to the starting running back due to a rashad penny injury and he looked good in his first shot 88 yards and a touchdown 
If you've got Kenneth Walker the third, you just got a good running back right now. Chris yeah. Olave, concussion. Uh, he he got knocked out of the game with the Saints last week. We don't know if he's going to be ready to go this week. He has been a stellar sensation, uh, but you have to be careful about these things, especially how the season has gone on so far. Yeah, I agree. Rashad Penny um, has been great so far. Um, Kenneth Walker came and did a great job. So you feel sorry for Rashad Penny because um, he's had a stellar start to the season. Um, mm. But obviously, fancy, you know, if you have Kenneth Walker the third, that's great. Chris Alave, again, has been great for the Saints. Concussion protocol, you know, who knows how long that's going to last. But um, you always have to be careful, as you said. Less impactful injuries. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater went out with a concussion this past week. Baker Mayfield left the Panthers game with a foot injury. It doesn't seem like he's going to be ready to go for the next couple of weeks. T. Higgins left the Bengals game with an ankle injury. We're going to be keeping an eye on him, uh, although it seems like the Bengals receivers just keep spreading it around. So I don't think the other receivers are going to get hampered that much. Russell Wilson suffering a lat, a partially torn lat. Seems like he's going to be able to go this week. And Damian Harris looks like he's going to be out potentially up to four weeks with a hamstring injury. And Ramondre Stevenson will be taking over for that de facto starting role. Although I bet you Bill Belichick will find a way to split it with somebody else. <laughs> yes, you never know what Bill Belichick's going to do. So. Never going to know. Uh, there are two games that I want to bring up in a little bit of detail this past week. Uh, Colts and Broncos play what all the may have reasons. been the <laughs> actual worst game of NFL football in recent history. I don't know if you had the displeasure of watching this game in its totality or if you just got the pleasure of only watching the lowlights of the game, but this was a chore to watch. So much so that the fans in Denver left the game when it got to overtime. <laughs> I am glad to say that I neither watched any of it or watched the lowlights. Um, I did turn it on on Amazon Prime and I saw it was 6-3, I believe, to the Broncos. And I just thought, and I believe this was after halftime. And I was just like, this just seems like absolute nothing. Um, and honestly, I, th I think it's so telling that on the, on the uh, you know, ESPN, all the networks, the next day they didn't actually really talk about it they, they didn't even bring it up it was just it was so bad that it wasn't even worth talking about and normally i mean this is the nfl it's the biggest sport in america but i think it does speak to a wider thing i mean obviously the broncos have had a horrific start to the season i mean aside of their win-loss record they just look just anemic they just look like perfect nothing. word for that just, i think it speaks to the wider issue and this has been going on for a while about these thursday night games it's such a short week for a lot of these teams and for the most part, Thursday night games are just not, they're just horrific. You occasionally get the odd one that will spring out. And there'll be a great match. More often than not, they are just, they're just not good. And sometimes, you know, less is more. And there just needs to be a way to fix it. Because I'm just like, eventually something's going to break. And you are, as you mentioned, you are going to have people that are just going to turn off from these games. Because that it was just horrific, that, that game. Uh, there were... Broncos players who were visibly and audibly upset at how that game played out. KJ Hamler, uh, notably at this point, you saw him at the end of the game when Russell Wilson missed him in the end zone, uh, threw down his helmet in frustration. You saw other players, I think it may have been Melvin Gordon, who was giving Russell Wilson a side eye after multiple 
poor decisions on the field, bad passes, bad throws, bad routes, looking only at one route and not seeing the rest of the field, which is what happened on the KJ Hamler play. A lot of people were criticizing Russ as far as like what he was able to do. We now know after the game that he had that partially torn lat, so we don't know if he was trying to compensate and only go to where he thought he could make. But he had that one pass towards the end zone that Stefan Gilmore made him pay and just grabbed an interception off of that. Or I think it was an interception and not a batted pass. I think it was an interception. Regardless, like that whole game, my brain turned to mush watching that game. It, yeah. This is not going to be one I'm going to go back and review on my NFL Plus highlights pass. Uh, I, I'm just going to move on, acknowledge that the game existed, and that it can only get better from here. What are your thoughts about the Chargers and Brandon Staley? <laughs> You're really uh, high on Brandon Staley, I'm if really I recall. You really, Staley. yeah. Look, God, where do Paint I Paint the picture. What happened? Well, we probably all. Well, first of all, that that was a, that was a good game. Moving from the Colts yes. Broncos to this, the, the Chargers Browns was a good game. The Browns were competitive all the way through. They were down by two late in the game. It was fourth and two for the Chargers at midfield late in the game. And as you guessed it, my favourite coach in the league, Brandon Staley, decides to go for it. They don't get it. We all know what happened. The Browns go downfield. They they have a, a fifty a fifty something yard field goal to win the game and they miss it. And again, it's one of those things that it didn't cost the Chargers this time, but infamously after the game, Keenan Allen, my wide receiver who is out with an injury, tweeted in real time, WTF is going on when they decide to go for the fourth down. When the Browns missed the field goal, Keenan Allen tweets, oh, I'm so, you know, I'm glad he missed it. We need good win boys. But I think it speaks to, and you've heard some of the analysts and pundits say this, it speaks to maybe question marks surrounding the player's um, attitude towards the coach. We talked about this last year. Brandon Staley, to me, he reminds me of Chip Kelly a little bit. Has to be the smartest guy in the room. And I think he gets away with it, A, because he has a team full of talent. He arguably has the most talented roster in the NFL. If he was coaching a really bad team, I don't think he'd be in a job right now. He has made boneheaded decision after boneheaded decision. And I just think, and again, in the context of the game, you don't go for it in that situation. And he'll do it again. And, and last year, it cost them a playoff berth. We all knew about the whole tie situation. And, um, but even there was another game last season where he just kept on going for it on fourth down. He just kept on going for it. And they lost. And this team is too good to be just missing out on the playoffs. And anyway, I, I'm just, I, it's weird because they're like, they're, they're, they're like my favorite team in the NFL. I love the Chargers. I love Justin Herbert. He's my favorite quarterback in the NFL. I love Austin Eckler. I love their defense. Well, they've done uh, Joey Bosa, Khalil Mack. But the flip side is Brandon Staley is my least favorite coach in the NFL. And I honestly think he's going, he's going to cost them more, more losses than wins in the future. I think they win despite him, and they lose because of him. Los Angeles Chargers, if you need a new head coach, my colleague Biz is putting his name in the hat. I'm sure he would be an upgrade as far as all that's concerned. Although, to his credit, the Chargers do have a 3-2 and two record. They should, well, yeah. It, it, it feels it, it, like they're 1-4, but they are 3-2. and two. 
to be honest, I'll say it here now, I could do a better, better job than the coach they got at the moment. <laughs> uh, Biz is going to be sending in his resume to the Los Angeles Chargers. I uh, expect yes. that. If, if anybody wants to give the Los Angeles Chargers the biz, he'll take it as well. Or you could hire me as a as an analyst because you know how you, you know how much I love metrics and analytics. Oh yeah, you, you, know, you know all what? of the stats. You know what? If I was on that sideline, I would have said, "Oi, Staley, don't go for it, don't go for it." <laughs> and do you know what? Do you know what would have happened? At the worst, what would have happened? It would be your favorite result in sports. Worst result ever, <laughs> because a draw is worse than a loss. Uh, moving on, moving on. Moving on. Uh, we're talking about another missed field goal here. Uh, the Eagles stay undefeated. We're about to go into rapid fire now. Eagles stay undefeated off of a missed field goal, but also off of a poor like field awareness from Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray uh, scrambles out of the pocket, slides in for the first down, quickly runs back to the line of scrimmage to his offensive line and spikes the ball, thinking that it was first down into second down doesn't realize he missed the first down and then he just spiked himself into fourth down. They have to go for a longer field goal than they wanted to and it sails wide right, leaving the Eagles to stay undefeated. Yeah, I think, you know, the Eagles sort of got away with one there. I am, yep. gonna, I am going to give Kyler Murray a pass because I think it is difficult when you're a quarterback sliding, you go feet first and I'm actually going to give him a pass because... He obviously thought he had the first down and, and it could just be a matter of inches where the refs mark market. And you could say poor field awareness, but I, I'm just going to, I, it's a tricky situation, I think, with a quarterback slide because most players obviously, you know, he fall down head first. And if he had done that, he would have got the first down, but the quarterbacks always slide that way. So I'm going to give him a All he had to do was look to the sideline and see it going from two to three <laughs> instead of from two to one. Um, moving along, far be it for me to like throw any praise on the Washington Commanders at this point, but it was a, a a pleasure to see Brian Robinson step back on the field after being shot in the leg at the end of preseason. Just five games into the season, he makes his return, leads the Commanders in attempts. Uh, doesn't have a particularly great game to go off, but but it's just it was just heartwarming to see him get back on the field after being shot. Yeah. Uh, nothing to add there. I mean, it's just a great story to be to be back on the field and actually playing in a game a month after getting shot. Um, it's you know testament to his kind of willpower and and you know credit to him. And and as you mentioned, he's probably going to be their first choice moving forward. The New York Giants upset the Packers in London. Now the Giants being four and one, one of those top seeded <laughs> NFC least teams. Now NFC <laughs> Meast Meast. I think that's the way you say that. Mediocre. Uh, Mediocre team. Uh, Saquon Barkley taking over down the stretch of that game to lead the Giants out of wildcat formation for an, a, a good bit of that. Uh, the Giants also get a stop on the Packers in the red zone uh, to be able to seal the victory. It was a fun end of the game. It was. It was. It was a good game, and the Giants, you know, fully deserved their win. They mm -hmm. they did. You know, they came to play, and they you know they didn't let. Aaron Rodgers settled that much and I and they fully deserved it. Saquon Barkley, we talked about him, just just has been great to start the season. So fully deserved. The Giants fully deserve being 4-1. Raiders and Chiefs having a Monday night game for the ages. Both of them went for two points towards the end of that game. Both of them not coming up strong in that. Chiefs hold on to win. It seems to me the Raiders had a worse shot at that two-point attempt, and they went for it anyway. We're going to talk about the roughing the passer call in a little bit, but your thoughts on those two-point attempts? 
It was a great game, first of all, like you said. I mean, going from the, the you know the, the debacle of the Thursday night game to the Monday night game, which was a, which was a really enjoyable game to watch. Both offenses, you know, put on a bit of a show. I mean, Devontae Adams played really well. Derek Carr had a good game. Josh Jacobs went off. Travis Kelsey, four touchdowns. It was just a fun, fun Monday night game. But again, I, I hate to say this, but Josh McDaniels going going for the win again. And you always have the players back in their coach saying, oh, it was the right thing to do. But sorry, in the context of the game, I disagree. You kick, you kick the PAT. It then puts pressure on the Chiefs to actually then have to go down and score. Um, and you know it, it was the wrong decision. But again, all offenses, all the quarterbacks, going to say, "Yeah, I felt confident we could get the two point." But again, it it cost you it cost you a loss. Um, who knows what would have happened? It, do I think they they would have still won the game? No, I think the Chiefs probably would have won the game. But you've got to give yourself the best chance of winning the game. And again, you know, I I I just thought it was the wrong decision. That is our recap of week five. Uh, there are a few games to look forward to to week six. Uh, none bigger than Bill's Chiefs as an afternoon game. Uh, we also have uh, a, a surging Jets versus the recently shaken up Packers. Uh, that's going to be an interesting game. Ravens and Giants. I think a lot of people are going to look forward to see how Lamar Jackson fares against that Giants defense. Cowboys and Eagles, that's going to be the Sunday night football Monday game, night but game. Monday night game. Broncos and Chargers, two teams that everybody is looking at as underperforming but have a lot of expectation. Uh, what are you looking at this week to watch? Obviously, the Bills Chiefs springs out. Again, on paper, that, that should be the game of the week. The two best quarterbacks in the game going at it. You know, the Bills have a great defense, two great offenses. The Callum, Chiefs have been having a great defense this year, they, too. They Don't do, count that do. out. That's true. Just two two really good teams going at it. Two Super Bowl contenders going at it. Um, should be a great game to watch. Um, the Ravens Giants. I agree that that should be a good that should be a good game. Cowboys Eagles Sunday night. Obviously, we know Eagles undefeated. Cowboys undefeated with Cooper Rush going into the going into Philadelphia. I'm sure Stephen A. will have a lot a lot to say on that game too. Mm-hmm. Broncos Chargers Monday night. I feel you know. This is honestly, I feel that anytime anyone plays the Broncos, it's like their anemicness infects the other team and just like anemicness. Nothing, yeah, which clearly is a word in the Oxford English <laughs> dictionary. Any team that plays the Broncos can't score any points. Even though it's like they're just so poor and they can't do anything that the other team get, kind of gets infected with it and they can't do anything. I mean, on paper, the Chargers should win. But honestly, division matchup, that, that is exactly the type of game where I don't trust the Chargers. And I, I almost fancy the Broncos to win. It goes to show that you can buy tickets for the Bills Chiefs. The lowest price available right now looks like it's $267. That's an wow. afternoon game for Bills Chiefs. The Monday night game, Broncos Chargers, those tickets are going as low as $36. <laughs> I'm sure. Are they, are they the Broncos section? <laughs> no, I'm not sure. Over under for Bills Chiefs is uh, fifty four. Uh, Ooh, do you take the over or the under in that? Remember, two good defenses, two high powered offenses. Where do you put the over under on that? Honestly, I might I might take the under because I think sometimes Ooh. with these games they can be a bit cagey affairs, and and sometimes they're not the high scoring uh, like high scoring matchups that we that we believe. It, it it happens in in my football all the time. You get two great teams, and you're like, oh, this is going to be a great match, and then it will be nil nil. A ball draw, as we say. 54, did you say, is the over-under? 54 is the over-under. 
54 is the over under. So yeah, I'm I'm tempted to say I think it might be it might be less than that. I'm going to go on the over on that one. Uh, I think you're going to get uh, touchdown after touchdown in the fourth quarter, similarly to what we had in the playoffs. That was a great game that we watched. Uh, what was that? At the Blue Jacket when we watched that game? Yes, yes, absolutely. That was a great yeah. game. That yeah. was a great game to watch. Uh, speaking of all these games, though, it's time for our weekly pickums. We don't need to recap last week. Everybody knows that all of us picked wrong again. Let's just move <laughs> on. Uh, who do we have as our guest pick or picks for this we week? We have our guest pick, which is Oliver from across the pond. I'm glad he's still playing in our league. Two picks from him, although I believe we also We're have going to take one, Jerry. But yeah. so his his first option is going to be. You'll like this, your favorite team, the Seattle Seahawks over the Arizona Cardinals, which, to be honest, is a good pick. I like it. I like it. Uh, I'll go ahead and give uh, Oliver that, uh, that Seahawks pick for right now. Um, you said he had a second pick. We're just going to stick with the first pick with that. He, he is stuck with the Seahawks, and there's nothing he can do to change it. His second pick also matches our other guest pick, which is from Jerry this week. His pick is... The San Francisco 49ers, my Super Bowl uh, champ over Super the Falcons, Bowl. which again is a good pick. The 49ers. I, I think that's a good pick as well. Yeah. yeah. So they are the two the 49ers over the Falcons by Jerry and the Seahawks to beat the Cardinals by Oliver. Two picks for our guests. Maybe we're going to go ahead and have somebody win this week finally. Uh, do you want to go ahead and select your pick or do you want me to go first? Well, you went first last week. So. Yeah. Why don't I go? Why don't you go? Why don't I go this week? It's a really tricky. You know what? Do it. <laughs> I am so tempted to pin the Broncos over the Chargers. Do I it. really am. <laughs> I, I am so tempted to do that. Um, have I picked you know the Rams yet? Uh, you have not picked the Rams yet. Uh, this is a tough uh, week. There are a lot of evenly matched teams there, playing there against are, each there other. Are. There, a lot of even no... record teams. And and you know what? The other thing is also, and, and this is a good thing, there isn't a kind of doormat in the league this year. Like last last year, we had the Jags and the Jets. So it's kind of easy to pick a team. Sometimes you'd be like, okay, I'm going to pick a team that's playing the Jets and the Jags. Yeah. So far, there, there isn't like a really, really, really bad team that is just going out there and, you know, not playing well. So I'm toyed between the Rams over the Panthers and the Broncos over the Chargers. No, you know what? Because I have... I have a couple of charges in my team. I want them to perform well. So I, I am going to pick the Rams, the Super Bowl champs over the Carolina Panthers. I think that's solid. Uh, the Panthers don't really know who the quarterback is going to be. It could be P.J. Right. Walker. Um, I, I, it seems like Darnold is still not doing well. Although, you know, if you take the ball out of all of those quarterbacks' hands, none of them have been doing particularly well. If you just feed the ball to McCaffrey, he may decide to run roughshod all over the Rams. Yeah. Um, this could be a good bounce back game for the Rams, though, and I don't disagree with your pick. Uh, I'm going to pick a, a matchup that to me actually screams like this should be the, the, the slam dunk pick for the week. Uh, I'm picking Tampa Bay over the Steelers. Uh, I, I, the Steelers have been pretty, pretty poor this whole season. We've been talking about that. They just made a change uh, over to Kenny Pickett to be their starting quarterback as a rookie. And he's going to have to play against an extremely competitive and dominant defense from the Bucks. I think the Bucks are going to move to four and two and knock the Steelers down to one and five. Uh, that's going to be my pick to try to right the ship. That's a good pick. You're right. I mean, the Steelers have had a very poor start to the season. Buccaneers had a had a win last week. Um, yeah, it's a good pick. Good pick. 
all these roughing the passer calls, these these uh, lying on the quarterback or hitting the quarterback with your body. Uh, we we saw a a, a poor call uh, on J- Grady Jarrett uh, landing on top of Tom Brady. We also saw on Monday night the Chris Jones landing on top of Derek Carr. In the middle of all that, he also strips the ball <laughs> for a, a strip sack fumble. Yeah. Um, in both of those cases, it looks like the defender did try some effort to be able to like take the pressure off of the body. Like if you watch Chris Jones, he has his left arm down so that he doesn't hit with his whole whole weight. But honestly, like, what are you going to do in these scenarios with these these hits and these quarterbacks? All we've been talking about the first month is you have to call the flag to protect the quarterback because you can't have these situations that are happening with Tua over and over and over again. Although it seems like these are more on the team needing to protect the quarterback in these situations and less on, like, the type of hits they're getting. But now you're throwing these flags on defenders that look like, well, that clearly wasn't doing it. Are you just... Are you just being like a, a little bit like trigger happy with these flags? <sighs> Look, it's, I don't know what to do with this. Like Stephen A. Smith made a comment this past week about just put flags on everybody or just touch the quarterback and you'll be fine with there. But you're part of the reason why you're playing all the, paying all these quarterbacks so much money. Uh, you, they're one of the more vulnerable positions you can put into, but you don't want them to go down and get injured and, destroyed in all these times like neither of the hits on Tom Brady or Derek Hart took them out of the game it doesn't look like they were hit for worse for wear what were your thoughts when you saw those hits I was kind of stunned that both were flagged um they both to me were just normal tackled and I don't think the defensive player could have done the Chris Jones one was like a a, a picture perfect hit it almost was like a textbook you almost think that was how you're coached to, to, to tackle someone and yet you still get flagged so I think the NFL need to get they need to get on top of this because actually I think again you're going to see a swing where people are actually going to be like no we need some defense in a game we need we need yes you need to protect the quarterback this not at all costs it's a violent violent sport and I don't think sort of outlawing those kind of tackles makes the game any more fun to anyone watching the NFL that that was a that was a strip sack fumble and the Chiefs should have got the ball back. And whether the refs were to the letter of the law, whether they were right to do a flag, they need to change that. Whenever the rules committee meets at the end of the season, they need to have the video of both those plays and say, that is not a flag. And the rule needs to be changed. And I think there is an overreaction to what happened with Tua. But also, you can't always stop that. To me, I mean, we talked about the Tua thing. There are other issues at play with the Tua thing, whether we should have even been playing on the Thursday night. But anyway, yeah, man. I just think it's almost farcical because I just think, why, why would you want to play defense? Like if you're a young player, why would you actually want to be on the defensive side of the ball? Because you might grow up just thinking, well, every time I tackle someone, I'm just going to get flagged. I put my hand yeah. on someone. It, it's like, there actually isn't a level playing field. There's no fairness. Like the offense always gets the benefit of the doubt. The defense never gets the benefit of the doubt in any situation. Um, and I, I, it, it's just it's just not good. It's not good for the game. It's not good for the game. It's not good for the flow of the game. It's not good for the viewing experience of the game. There were some people that were speculating the way to solve this is to do what the uh, college football does with targeting, where if you have something like a hit like that and it's a penalty, that should be reviewable to be able to determine whether or not it was because you yes. can see that. Uh, I actually don't mind that as an idea because we have been... The speed of the game and the pace of the game has been going down and down and down. They're trying to 
it, it, it's been actually at a very consistent pace for the game. Uh, but I, I think they've got a little bit of leeway where they can add a little bit back then, back into the game to be able to make sure that stuff like this doesn't get called wrong. Because yes, there's a reason we're talking about it. It's because everybody's upset that this is the type of thing that's getting flagged. Yeah, I agree. And I think, you know, look, whenever you watch an NFL game, you know it's going to be three hours. And I, I don't think whether there's, you know, adding five minutes here or 10 minutes here because of challenges is going to make that much difference to the product. It's, it's kind of not like baseball where viewership is like down and calls like that should be reviewable uh, upstairs or on the field. It, it needs to be reviewable where, you know, just like VAR in, in football, I think there needs to they, they need to get a handle on this because it, it's almost getting out of control and I think it's it's almost laughable really because particularly the hit on Derek Carr just seemed like a textbook a clean textbook hit. tackle clean hit didn't do anything yeah. wrong you know you're not trying to he wasn't f- trying to fall on him that's just the natural no. momentum of the body weight that's and and here is the thing and he still braced himself exactly and here is the thing if that happened if that tackle happened in open play. So say Derek Carr threw the ball to someone or it was Josh Jacobs running down the field and Chris Jones had tackled him just exactly how he did to Derek Carr. Would, would there have been a flag? 100% not. If the tackle had happened to Tom Brady in open play down the field as a receiver or a running back, 110% no flag would have been called. And, and that there to me is an unfair... That's not a level playing field. If you watch those hits our listeners, and you have thoughts that you want to put on that, please send those thoughts our way to our Twitter handle, uh, at Improper Fantasy. Uh, you can also see us on our Instagram at Improper Fantasy Football. Uh, Biz, do you have any shout-outs for this week? I have one shout-out, and it is going to be, and you're going to like this, it is going to be to your favorite baseball team, the Seattle Mariners, who are in the playoffs for the first time in, well, it seems like about 150 years, but I believe it's the longest. Years, 21 years. <laughs> it's, the, it's the longest playoff drought. Is it in, in Major North League American sports? sports? In North American sports. And they finally, although they had a bad loss uh, yesterday to Houston because they were up. Um, and to be honest, you've got your work cut out playing Houston. Uh, but I really hope you can beat Houston because obviously everyone hates the Houston Astros for, for obvious reasons. So my shout out is to the mighty Seattle Mariners. Congrats on making the postseason, um, and I hope you I hope you beat the the Astros. I, I certainly hope so too. You stole what my shout out was going to be, uh, but <laughs> while I do that, I'm just going to go ahead and extrapolate upon that and give a shout out to the teams that now take the mantle for the longest postseason drought in North America. Uh, in the NBA, the Sacramento Kings haven't made the playoffs since 2005, I think. Okay. Uh, actually, I believe it's 2004-2005 season. Okay, um, so 19 years. Yeah. Second longest route is the New York Jets from the Mark Sanchez days. Uh, that wasn't the, actually that long ago, though. That's 11 that was what, seasons. Like te- 11, yeah, but it's not that long. Yeah, okay, fair enough. But just to go further into that, the second longest route in the NFL uh, falls upon the Denver Broncos from when they won their Super Bowl about six, seven years ago or so, 20, 2015, so seven years. Keeping that in mind, that means that with the exception of the Denver Broncos and the, the New York Jets, every other team in the NFL has made the playoffs within the past six seasons. And that's yeah. showing how good the parity is in the NFL. <laughs> and you know what? With that, that's a good place to point out that my coffee is empty. 
This has been a long episode. We've had a lot to talk about, but at this point, the only thing left I have to say is cheers. Cheers. Till next time.